Good evening, Wanderers and Wool Gatherers, and welcome to episode 134 of Wanderings and Wool Gathering. We took a few weeks off, but we are back and we are ready to go. Tonight on the show, we're going to review the latest album from our good friend Ashton Knight. It's from his band. He does a lot of solo work, but he also has a band called The Awakening, and they've got a pretty big history. This record is called The Passage Remains. It's their 11th studio album, and we're going to give you our thoughts on that. Uh, we're going to play Who's That Band, Lester Bang style, and we're going to just share some new music that we've been digging on the last few weeks. Tonight's episode is brought to you by the Kokomo Lantern. It's a journalistic endeavor focused upon the simple principles of illuminating the good and eliminating the shadows in our local community. Head over to kokomolantern.substack.com to sign up for all of that awesome content. Joining me tonight is none other than Mr. Metalhead Monday. Step inside into his mind, his void and time, it's Metalhead Monday. Hello, hello. We just stepped inside your mind. Uh, I'm sorry. <laughs> I apologize beforehand. It's a little messy in there. Uh, that's one word for it. <laughs> and uh, we're not alone tonight. Back by popular demand. By popular, I mean Jeremy and I wanted him back. It's Teabags. Swinging deep into the valleys of Liptonia. That's nasty. Able to plunge from high altitudes only to land with a gentle splat. That's nasty. Receiving only the finest education from his instructor, Earl Grey. It's... It's... Teabags. Too hot for TV. How's it going? <laughs> He's too hot for TV. That's why we have him on the internet. <sighs> exactly. Never gets old. Never gets old. It really doesn't. <laughs> Some listeners going to say, uh, yeah, it does. No, they're wrong. Yeah. Well, somebody me. said that they missed us. Well, oh. how about that? You too, pal. Yeah, we took a, took a couple weeks off for the holidays, kind of rest and regroup. So hopefully we're back and better than ever. Who knows? <laughs> I think so. Well, it's hard not to be better, really. <laughs> but no, it was nice to get a few weeks off and not think about, you know, what we're listening to that week and just listen to whatever you want on a whim. Because there are mm -hmm. times when, you know, we got a lot going on and you got to listen to whatever we're doing that week. Oh, look at this. Hey. Oh, somebody, hey. Buddy. It is very nice, Jeremy. I tried. It took about an hour, <laughs> which that was mostly making sure it looked sort of even spaced out and all that. So, and I have uh, Indiana Jones behind me. Nobody can really see that through my thick head, but. Yeah. And then your upper right corner, you've got something really special. Uh, that would be this yes. one. Yep. This one. Yeah. I can move the camera. I don't know. I'm not very good at, but, and it's probably got a, and there we go. It's from our friends, Jack, the radio, their album creatures, their last studio album they put out. Believe they are currently working on new material. So yeah, that was their uh, COVID material. Yes. And it was awesome. Such a good album. It is. And it came with a comic book. So yeah. can you beat that? I think not. 
All right, gentlemen. Are you ready to wait. be stumped? Yeah, Open wait, wait. Up. Before we move on from talking about friends of the show, uh, I couldn't help but notice your uh, nouveau chapeau there. Yeah, the old chapeau is Project Renegade, our good friends from Greece. Uh, they put a bunch of new merch up. I know Monday has a shirt. I do. I got the hat, which I love. I love their logo. It is so cool. Yeah. And uh, I'm guessing that we're going to get new music from them pretty soon. They had the one song that dropped uh, Blood a few Witch. ago. And we did uh, a quick show on that one. So mm -hmm. I'm hoping we're going to get some more. I think they're probably working on something. So when yeah, they do, we'll definitely be doing it. Absolutely. The The shirt I got is actually uh, design inspired by their new song, which is called Blood Witch. Pretty cool. Yeah. They are great people. So They are. I'm super proud to be repping their gear. Same. All right. I think I think Monday was just trying to stall because he's afraid he's going to get stuck tonight. Yeah, I think he's oh. so scared he left. Oh my gosh, he ran. <laughs> he's so scared, Tony. Yeah. Um, for those of you who are listening on the podcast, not the visual presentation, Monday fell off the air. I did. I back. did. Damn it! <laughs> I hit my uh, hit my headphone cord and it pulled my phone down and it just everything went away. That's all right. <laughs> okay are you gentlemen ready yes sir yep okay so um this one i there's a few clues i pulled out pretty much everything but i did leave the date in because i think that's important okay. i think that's the key for you guys okay one of a handful of truly great albums with a genuine shot at claiming top spot as the best live lp of all time Mm. records today simply cannot have the cultural and artistic impact that this double set enjoyed after release. I took the year out and just said in the 1970s, mm. this album is the perfect combination of a beautifully recorded album that really captures the camaraderie between consummate artist and enraptured audience and a very accessible and finely crafted music. This artist's wonderful vocal style and even more impressive guitar virtuosity, which is very much center stage as far as the album mix is concerned. Ooh. While I love the exceptionally well remastered CD version, this is one of those albums that has to be experienced on vinyl. Takes you right back to a much simpler time that I increasingly appreciate how fortunate I was to live through. A genuine cornerstone essential of any 70s rock collection. I think I got it. Oh, do you? I think when you first started talking, uh, my first uh, first couple sentences, I'm like, oh, it's Kiss Alive. And then you kept going. I'm like, no, it's not that. Is it Frampton Comes Alive? Yep. <clears throat> yeah. That is so good. I mean, it really was good. Yeah. It, it, yeah, it, it started started off sounding like Kiss Alive, but then you started talking about like, I don't know the guitar virtuosity and the songwriting and some something. And I'm like, yeah, it's not kiss. <laughs> <laughs> I didn't mention flames or blood. Yeah. No, that was and kind of like the first auto tune. Um, well, yeah, I mean, it was a talk In box. A way. Yeah. Yeah. You know what Similar, I mean? People I, yeah. really weren't doing much of that at the time, which is, it was kind of ahead of its time. I think a little bit. 
and really a great Do album. either of you guys have it on vinyl? I don't. My brother does. Um, I almost, when I did this today, I was like, I'm going to call him, see if I can get that. And then I was like, I'm going to check eBay. It's $7.99. You can find it like for serious? five bucks shipping. Yeah. Okay. And I'll, condition wise, I'm not sure, but. Like an original pressing? Yeah. There's a wow. ton of them out there. Unless, I don't have to look at them again, but they look rough. They had to have been from the 70s, so. Yeah. I'm, well, I mean, that sold. I, I don't even know how many times platinum that went, but. You know, I'm sure there's a lot of them out there. Yeah, I'll have to check it. But speaking of eBay and stuff like that, I've been on a DVD Blu-ray buying kick because okay. a lot there's a lot of stuff like Three Amigos and things like that that you can't find on mm-hmm. streaming services. So I, we spent part of the day in Goodwill today, Walmart digging through their bins. But I've been thinking of making like a retro room and just taking all of my old equipment, putting it in there with a DVD player, and then collecting these DVDs. So. Well, hey, if you ever feel like it, let me know because I got some boxes you can go through. <laughs> Absolutely. Yes, I will. If you happen to be looking for some VHS, I got some of those too. <laughs> I might. If I do it as a full-on retro room, I think I'll probably put both in there. So we'll see. I have plenty of both. <laughs> okay. All right. I got some Betamax for you. <laughs> Can't find a player very easily. Yeah. No, you couldn't find a player in like 85. It was gone quickly. Yeah. Yeah. All right. So tea bags. Yes. What you got new for us? Um, well, I kind of went when we were texting back and forth about recommendations. I was I've been kind of unplugging as much as I can. So um I have books to recommend. That's perfect. Yeah. So I don't have a ton of time to invest in a novel yet, but I want to. But I a friend of mine posted a little screenshot of somebody's poetry. I went out and found her, found her books, and I bought two. Of, her name's Christina Marr, or Mayer, M-A-H-R. And I'm reading It's Only Words and Tell the World I'd Hope to See It With You, which are both like kind of fantastic lost love type poetry. And then reading um, When You're Engulfed in Flames by David Sedaris. Oh, oh, nice. He's hilarious. Yeah, and I mean, that's one of those ones that, from the other room, my wife is wanting to know, like, what are you doing? Because I'm laughing out loud <laughs> at somebody's writing, which is perfect. And so uh, the first story, I think it is like, I mean, if you if you can pick it up and just read that first story, even if you're just in a bookstore, and you're not going to buy it. Try it. If you laugh, you got to buy it. That's my challenge. Nice. We're looking at getting tickets uh, for him live. I, I want to, too. His delivery is so fantastic. Yeah, he's yeah. he's fun to listen to speak. Yeah, and once you've seen him, you can't read his novels in any other voice. Yeah, so yeah, or his books, but yeah. So those are my those are mine. Very cool. All right, I didn't put David Sedaris up there, but uh, Christina Mar got up there. What was the second one? Tell the world I'd hope to see it with you. Tell the world. Okay. Yeah. Nice. Yeah, I liked that title quite a bit. All right, I'll go next because this was Monday's idea. We'll let him round it out. Sure. <clears throat> um, I two, not really new. Well, one's not new, but one is. So a couple days ago, Peter Gabriel dropped a new song. Oh, I've heard that. First one since 2016. Nice. But the cool thing is, this is an album he's been working on for 20 years. Oh wow! And so uh, Brian Eno's on it with him. Cool. And I, I wanted to read the press release because this is what the whole thing is about, and it's really kind of clever and cool. Uh, it says, the first song is based on an idea I've been working on to initiate the creation 
of an infinitely expandable accessible data globe, the Panopticom. We are beginning to connect a like-minded group of people who might be able to bring this to life to allow the world to see itself better and understand more of what's really going on. And the first uh, song is called Panopticom. And it's really good. It's kind of, it's very much Peter Gabriel. It's kind of that spoken word. And then he gets to the chorus and then he's, he does his singing, but it's undeniably him. And it's a lot of uh, synthesizer and bells and, it's pretty cool. I like it a lot. Sounds interesting. Yeah, I have to check that out. I didn't see the release date. I'll check the release date on that. Um, but it's supposed to be this year, the rest of the album. So cool. Dave um, Peter Gabriel. Yeah. I saw him live once. He was good. I'd I'd see him again, I think. Nice. Uh, and then the next one, actually, Jeremy, is a follow-up. So remember yeah. when we did um the end so far from Slipknot? Yep. Neither one of us loved acidic, which is kind of the okay. blues number. Okay. It was just, it was so odd on the album to have this blues song and the rest of it. So I started listening to it again a couple of days ago and I've listened uh -huh. a bunch now. If you just listen on its own, it's a great song. I think in the okay. album, it just kind of hit weird. But if you listen again, I think it's a pretty strong song. Okay. Yeah. That's probably, that probably suffers from, being a well-written, skillfully performed song on an album of songs that are very different from it. Yep. So it probably just gets lost in the in the weeds there. That's probably one that especially a lot of Slipknot's hardcore fans, they want I mean, they want the heavier stuff. So that's probably one that gets skipped a lot, I would imagine. Yeah, I don't think they dug that. And then one final note, it sounds like now that their uh, contract is over with Roadrunner Records. Right. Yep. That weirdo album that three of them made mm -hmm. on the All Hope Has Gone Tour is going to be released hopefully later this spring, early summer. Seen talk of that popping up a little bit. Yeah. So I think rushing this album out was part of getting out of that contract. Mm -hmm. So cool. There you have it. Nice. What you got, Monday? So this is a very, very recent discovery for me. I know nothing about this band. I had never heard of them until like two days ago. <laughs> uh, I have just started going down the rabbit hole here, and I'm very much looking forward to it. I found a band called Leprous, L-E-P-R-O-U-S, Leprous. And the first song I saw just kind of popped up, I think, in a YouTube recommends. And it was a live in studio version of a song of theirs called On Hold. And it, I mean, it just blew me away. It's, it's amazing. I, I, I don't even know how to describe it. Um, stylistically, uh, I think I also sent you guys a song, a video for a song of theirs called The Silent Revelation. Mm -hmm. And our our friend, uh, JPP, he said that one kind of reminded him of, how did he put it? Radiohead, but, but, clean. but cleaner. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And I was like, oh, well, maybe that's why I don't really glom onto Radioheads. <laughs> I want mm -hmm. a cleaner sound or something. I don't know. But mm -hmm. I... I these first two songs, I'm absolutely in love with this band. So 
I will definitely be checking out everything I can get my hands on and curious to know what everybody thinks about them. Cause I, think- I, I, I don't know. I've no, I have no idea how long they've been around. Nothing. I know nothing about them. Well, I think Tony's going to dig it because, and I put, I followed up on JPPs that I think it sounds a little bit like nothing but thieves. Yeah. I saw you it's said got that, that vibe. So I have Tony's a fan of yeah. them. The guy, the, the guy sings in falsetto a lot, and, but he does drop out of it, but he uses it. These first two songs that I have heard, he uses it quite a bit, but I, I don't know if that's a constant thing or not, but I beautiful voice. And the very, man, the music is outstanding. They're a Norwegian rock band formed in 2001. Okay. They've been around a minute then. So, okay. It's uh, had multiple band members. Yeah. It's got like two guys have been with her the whole time. And then there's been a bunch of others in and out. And it looks like their albums, they have eight. Cool. I got some work to do then. Nice. Their first (laughs) one was 2009. Okay. Even though they were formed in 01, so that's interesting. Yeah. I guess they must have just been like a nightclub band for a while. Mm-hmm. They just they just got out of prison, finally. <laughs> <laughs> we don't know. Oh, Tony. Yeah. No, I'll dig in with you too, Jeremy, because I did like what you sent. Yeah. Yeah. And even those references, nothing but these and Cleaner Radiohead, those are, it's a good company. Yeah. Yeah, the lead I'm singer ex- has been with the band since the beginning. He's one okay. of the two. I'm excited. I don't, I mean, these first two songs that I, I'm, yeah, I'm real excited to jump into the rest. Mm-hmm. Oh, guess who their inspiration was? Radiohead. Radiohead. <laughs> Massive Attack. Ooh, nice. Uh, Behemoth. Okay. The Prodigy. All right. Um, they're, uh, they're kind of like, Porcupine Tree, the Dillinger Escape Plan. Mm. That's what this is saying. But whatever. But yeah, that song was good. Like it. Anything cool. else, Monday? No, that was it. Just those. That was the one thing I wanted to talk about. <laughs> <laughs> well, I don't blame you because this week's album. I don't want to say it was a lot of work because it was hard, but when you have an eighteen-song record. Yeah that feels like uh, a concept record in some ways. That's a lot of work. It was long. Definitely, definitely long. Yep. So I'm not even sure how we begin on this. I I did take notes for every song. Uh, (laughs) I'm not sure if we want to attack it that way. Yeah, but yeah, I mean, it's 18 songs. I don't know if we really want to go through it track by track. (laughs) We could maybe dive in, you know, we do our opener, our closer and, talk about like key tracks that we enjoyed or something like that. Yeah, I think that's um, good. I'm going to start off with a quote from Ashton Knight, who's the lead singer. Apparently he wrote the music too, according to yeah. the webpage with the music. Mm-hmm. And I think this is about uh, passage parts one through four. And I think with this in mind, the rest of it makes more sense. And I feel like the whole thing kind of falls in line with this idea. He said, the essence of the song, which is Passage, the first one, came to me in a dream. And I've taken that inspiration and woven it through the album. Dreams, our hopes, needs and desires, and personal journeys in the face of adversity and other obstacles. And I think when you look at the lyrics of a lot of the songs, 
it definitely makes sense. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I'd agree with that. Yeah. I started noticing as I was going through the lyrics, there were repetitions. There was a lot of introspection throughout the record mm-hmm. and time was mentioned a lot. Mm-hmm. Um, different kinds of gates and passages yeah. were mentioned. And, and light. Light and shadow. Mm-hmm. Lots of that. Mirrors. Uh, ghosts. And I'm not sure we're talking about physical ghosts, but maybe ghosts in your mind or... Echoes, memories. Exactly. Like yeah. And dreams. Those things all mm-hmm. are recurring. So you guys all yes. got that too. Okay, cool. Yeah. 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 Um, it's definitely easy. If you're following along with the lyrics, it's definitely easy to see uh, recurring themes throughout this whole thing. And uh-huh. um, uh, I think in, in a way, I don't know. I, I guess if you if you're just listening to it and not really paying much attention to it, some of it can start to blend together. But if you're following along with the lyrics, you know, you see those similar themes, but I, that helps you, I think, look at it more of an entire concept rather than just a bunch of songs that, mm-hmm. you know, whatever. Yeah. Whatever I'm trying to say. <laughs> so I, Let's so the first song. I know we're not gonna do every song, but we always talk about the album opener. Yep. Mm-hmm. And for me, I thought this was perfect because mm-hmm. this album is harder than I expected it to be. Yeah, I was not I ready for the heaviness here. At listening to Ashton stuff before, I've not really listened to the Awakening very much at all. So yeah, I was I was not really prepared for that. But man, this was a great song, great opener. Yeah, I. Well, you guys know me. I like Tool and Pink Floyd, anything that has like longer songs too. And I thought it was ballsy to like open with something that it was Almost one of the longer minutes. songs. Yeah. Yeah. And it, but it did what I love about those bands. What it did, it lets you kind of go on a little bit of a journey mm-hmm. with that switch up. I really like when it switched up around the four minute mark. Um, but yeah, I think that was a really great way to lay that groundwork for, you know, how this album's going to go. So I, I thought it was a perfect opener too. Yeah, the the opening riff, I it almost sounded like because it kind of starts with kind of a almost like a twangy sort of clean sounding riff, I think, mm-hmm. and it kind of and but it's very moody. So the the very opening almost reminded me of like the opening of a Slayer song, mm-hmm. but then it kicked in and it like that very quickly went away. But um, yeah, the heaviness is fantastic. Um, you know, Ashton's voice when it comes in, that's just it's just like a warm blanket and it's like yeah. he's got that deep gothy just, you know, it's all the classic like you know, goth bands and industrial stuff that we love. There's a lot of singers that have the, you know, same kind of thing and yeah. um the just the the riff i i the same thing you said tony like halfway through when that like almost like a galloping riff kind of kicked in i was like mm. yeah this this is a good song i like this one <laughs> yeah yeah i agree with everything you guys said and it felt like a prog rock mm-hmm. song for sure mm-hmm. and it, and then it just yeah. felt epic like we were on a journey which was cool and i the lyrics there were two different lyrics that i thought really kind of encapsulated the whole record when he says under the sound and the silence of age dreams still ripple on memories. Like Mm 
You always hear like taking a trip down Memories Lane, but this is Mm -hmm. on Memories Lake. It's rippling it back and forth and comes Mm -hmm. in and out. I kind of like that concept rather than just going backwards. And then um, the the final part there, the sometimes the path's unclear when you're following the dream. And that's how the record ends too, which is awesome. I love that circular Mm -hmm. aspect that he uses. Yeah. If we're jumping, if we're jumping into the closer there too, I would say that too. I like, I like poetic stuff. I'm a lyric guy. So, but that song was like, not the opposite of the opening, but one thing I really loved Mm -hmm. about the ending was it was quieter a little bit and it had just those minimal lyrics and they were perfect lyrics. But I also liked that, um, you know, the, it's called the passage remains, but he also says the passage part one through whatever. And so this one ended with like something that can seemingly continued on. It faded out in the way that maybe you're stepping away from it, but something, it gave you kind of the feeling that musically something was remaining, you know? So mm-hmm. might be reading a little bit too much into it, but that's kind of how I felt. Yeah. yeah. And I think it, I'm not positive, but it sounded like it was just a marimba that was, you know, like the giant xylophone. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I and mean, that's what it sounded like to me was going on. Uh, in the background, just with his voice softly writing us out, which worked for me. Yeah, same. Yeah, I enjoyed it quite a lot. The The passage, you know, you got the, the first song is parts one through four. Later, you got the part five, which is just kind of like a moody, little moody, ethereal kind of instrumental interlude. Mm-hmm. And then the very last track was passage part six. And but it all ties together. I mean, in. Yeah, you know, like we said, it's the kind of brings it full circle to close it out. And I thought all of that worked pretty well, worked together pretty well. Yeah. Yeah. I wonder how they sound together, like skipping all the tracks. Mm -hmm. I'm kind of like talking about it now. I wish I would have listened to those three songs back to back. I might have to try that when we're done. (laughs) I'll try it at work. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, part five, I uh, with the second version was pretty cool i had those little the muffled mm-hmm. bass drum which was nice and the percussion yeah. was evident there and then you heard you could hear ashton just softly in the background yeah so i wish i meant to send him some emails hey what did this mean <laughs> <laughs> um okay tony i'm gonna ask you this yeah two songs have biblical references mm-hmm. with gabriel and jericho right and so Gabriel, I liked a lot, had a really cool bass groove and everything, mm-hmm. but he talks about my heart shaped me as dreams gave me a voice for this resurrection verse. I mm-hmm. just can't help but think there is no way that Gabriel is the one who announces God's will to mm-hmm. people, that that is an accident that he put that in there somehow. Oh, yeah, for sure. And then Jericho, clearly, with the walls of Jericho and the Israelites mm-hmm. attacking and everything, but... In this one, he says it's my Jericho. Is he breaking down his own walls? What did you pick up on anything with those two? Uh, well, on Gabriel, like I mean, I picked up that there was biblical references, but on Gabriel, I kind of just got stuck on, like he has a line that says, "I'll learn from this and burn for this, but I believe again." And mm-hmm. um, so I was kind of getting lost in the, just in the poetry of the lyrics, you know. So I, I didn't right. tie, I didn't dive too heavy into that connecting it biblically biblically beyond the titles yeah and then maybe there's nothing there i just when i saw those two and i and then those lyrics i was like god there's yeah. gotta be i don't i mean 
<clears throat> I I am certainly not super well versed on that, but I feel like Ashton is very intentional with what he says and how he writes. So I'm sure I assume that that was probably not an accident. Yeah. So yeah, what I, I got from Gabriel, especially, especially, you know, in terms of the rest of the record is that he's learning from his past mm -hmm. um, and he can start again. And the dreams, whatever it was, spoke to him and the past kind of like the rippling it back and forth kind of taught him and like, it's a new me going forward to attack. I don't know. Maybe yeah. I missed out on that, but no, no, it's kind of what I grabbed. Mm -hmm. Well, I mean, you take that and you talk about the theme of passages, like, you know, mm -hmm. that makes sense. The tracks. Oh yeah. Yep. It's almost like this was intentional the whole way. <laughs> I, <know. laughs> I feel like I just said that, that guy. <laughs> that guy. <laughs> <laughs> um, oh, okay. And then, Never mind. I got one more because I had forgotten about the uh, the light above, the pain yeah. in my side, and thorns of doubt. That it, yeah. it could be more of a Jesus reference. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> there's definitely some of that in there. Yeah. yeah, maybe that has to do with being not born again, but sort of renewed as mm -hmm. a person, as an artist. I don't know. Yeah. Uh, I certainly, oh. I don't know what uh, Ashton's religious leanings are there, but he obviously uh, knows some stuff. So <laughs> he's making yeah, those, those kinds are, of references. Yeah. Those are illusions that I think everybody knows, right? I sure. Mean, generally. Yeah. Uh, Monday, what was your favorite song? What was your banger on this one? Um, uh, honestly, probably aside from the first track uh, passage, part one through four, um, my Favorite song, probably uh, track 15, The Never World. Mm -hmm. I really, really like that song. Um, had a really, really killer groove. And the vocals, I think, uh, rode the line very well of being able to hear them, but not being too far out in front. And he also did some really cool stuff with like some understated whispery vocals mm -hmm. that kind of rode right under the groove where and just kind of gave it a really, really cool feel. I like that song a lot. Yeah, I agree. I think there's lots of good production value on there. Like, and then um, tell me if you thought this, Jeremy, but there, when I was listening to that, the notes that I took, it reminded me of when I would sit in my bedroom and listen to like early Megadeth and Iron Maiden a little bit as far as the, the music goes. Okay. Um, it wasn't like a one-to-one -one comparison, but I got right, those, right. I got those vibes, and those were the like cassette tapes that popped up in my head. So, sure, but yeah, I, I liked it a lot. Yeah, Stevie, what do you think? So, is that your number two for me? Yeah, um, probably. Yeah, I would. Yeah, um, yeah. So I had like three or four that really, really stood out, and mm -hmm. I think one of the big ones I liked was the Ghost Inside. Okay. Uh, had a little heavy, little chuggy guitar, really catchy mm -hmm. chorus. Um, here he's chosen the pen above the knife. I like that a lot. Yeah, um, the middle, the middle part of that song was really, really mm -hmm. fun. I like that. Yeah, agreed. Yeah, and was uh... yeah, for, and here's another instance with the ghost inside, like the little voice telling him. 
I don't know. I like that one a lot. That was a banger. That was a good one. And what I liked about that one is it just slammed into us. And then the next one was another one of my favorites, which was Lullaby. Yeah. And I think that's why you agree. Yeah. That's my top track. I had uh, mm-hmm. top three and Lullaby was my top track. And I just put like, you know, I tried to take notes about it, but at the end of that one, I was like the sounds, the lyrics, everything, you know, it had a, I loved everything about it. It had a, I don't know if you guys listened to uh, Perfect Circles, Eat the Elephant, but they mm-hmm. kind of went like a stripped down um, piano for some of it. And mm-hmm. so this reminded me of a piece of that mixed with like Bauhaus House and Swans, which mm-hmm. that's like a dream come true for me. But um, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so it was already up my alley. And that's the uh, I have like a threshold. And if something makes my playlist on the first couple of listens that I'm going to listen to at work for the year, I keep a playlist that runs all year. Mm-hmm. And this one made it already. So might have been the first one of 2023 that actually made it. So Okay. Yeah. I really liked how it started off with the light piano. And then mm-hmm. all of a sudden those heavy bass mm-hmm. piano notes came in. Yes. Which was really, it was really ominous. And that was... Yes. And it brought it back into that goth nature. But it was softer. And his voice in this one, it was a heavy song, but it was almost a little playful. I like the way he sang yeah. this one. Mm-hmm. Yeah, definitely agree on the piano. The yeah, anytime for me, if you're trying to, I don't know, create a mood or be kind of dark with the mood, the the low end of the piano is, oof, man. Yeah, you're right. So there, nothing really beats that, and he used it very well here. Mm-hmm. Yeah. How about uh, do you guys like solitude? That was my number two. <laughs> nice. Yeah. What line? Okay, I I copied a line or two lines over. Tony, did you highlight any lyrics? Uh, I didn't put it in my notes, but I know I loved it lyrically because I put that. Um, I loved the acoustic guitar, and I really liked his voice up front for this. But then, yes, nice like subtle um, vocal coursey sounds in the background. Uh, yeah, that's that was my biggest note on this one. Was the vocals on this song are just out of this world. Yeah, super smooth. superb. Jeff's what, kiss. What line did you, uh, Jeff's kiss? It was Jeff's kiss. Not Chef's <laughs> kiss, Jeff's. Oh, Jeff's. Okay. <laughs> Are you Italian? <laughs> no. Uh, what, was the, was, what was the line you grabbed, Steve, from that? The paradoxical lines you don't need a hammer if you want to be discreet. Yes. That's really cool. I did not. I, yeah, I almost wrote that one down because I remember that a lot. Mm hmm. Very clever. And it was nice having the acoustic guitar here. Like it's heavy, heavy, heavy. And then we got piano and then it's heavy. And then acoustic mm-hmm. guitar. It was nice. The, the way he changed that throughout. So yeah, I dug that a lot. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I had, uh, Oh, I li- I really liked the carriage too. Same. That was my number three. Yeah. I liked it too, but it was not my three. <laughs> I, uh, I mean, you know, I mean, it's right there in the name. So I like the heavy stuff. Yeah. Um, but uh, yeah, the carriage, I mean, the the chorus was really, really cool and heavy. Uh, really awesome driving bass and drums. There's kind of a sort of breakdown. I don't know if it's exactly a breakdown, but kind of definitely a part change that feels like a breakdown. And like the 245 mark, that's really, really cool. I, I like that song a lot. Uh, there was, I said there was a breakdown too, because the drums like pulled up to the forefront, like it totally switched mm-hmm. at that point. And I got a Robert Frost vibe from this. Um, have okay. you read the poem stopping by the woods on a snowy evening? 
years and years ago, right. I'm sure. It mm -hmm. gave me that vibe where the person, um, it's well, it's heavy snowing or whatever, it's bad, and they've got to keep doing all this stuff. And that was kind of mm -hmm. the feeling of the poem where mm -hmm. they stop, it's beautiful, it's snowing all around it, but we've got miles to go before we sleep. Lots of work to be done. And I got that feeling from this song. Um, yeah. It was a good one. I liked it a lot. And I like that line, and the carriage has a way to go through the heavens and the driving snow. It's mm -hmm. just like, I don't know what, I, sometimes you just like lyrics, you know what I mean? Yeah. I can't tell you exactly what I think that means, but I liked it. And it could mean something different to all three of us and mm -hmm. him. Well, that's, <laughs> yeah. yeah, you said something mm -hmm. about asking him what, what he means, and that's, I'm like, he's going to do the artisty thing and be like, well, what do you think it means? Right. <laughs> yeah. Or what does it mean to you? Yeah. Which is fair. It, um, indeed it is. So I had for my number three, I had the story begins, but I also had a question for you guys. When mm -hmm. I listened to it on Spotify, it was two, like it was like a double album, one through nine, one through nine. Yes. And so I thought it was I interesting that the that. second you didn't. No, it was, it was like, 18 songs. Okay. So like back in the day for us, it'd be like a double disc, right? Like the fragile. Right, right. Yep. This mm -hmm. is disc two. So, mm -hmm. so it's interesting that the story begins at the beginning of the second part, um, as far as that title goes. But I really love the song, and uh, I like the change up in the, musics and, in the music. And then yeah. I, I don't know if it's necessarily a scream, but his more intense vocals in that yes. one were yeah. spot on. That was awesome. It's very cool. Uh, I think it's very easy for Ashton to slide into a pocket. I mean, he's got that deep, you know, baritone, gothy, smooth thing. And but yes, I agree with you 100% on the vocals on that when he pushes and kind of, I don't know, I guess for lack of a better term, when he kind of rocks out a little more like, <laughs> yeah. I mean, it sounded fantastic. I had more of that. Right. Totally. Yeah, I, I said that he really stretched his vocals was the yeah. best that I had. And um, I think the break you're talking about is where he says, begin, begin, and then it breaks and goes back to soft. Like it builds up, we hit that, and then it kind of chills again. It does. Yeah, that's one of the things I really liked about this song was the build. And then, yeah, it builds and builds and builds and then goes off, and then it just kind of falls down like real nice, kind of, kind of to go out and I mean a lot of this song it sounds it's almost feels like a, a little menacing a little scary a little intense yeah so really really well done I agree <clears throat> for me the lyric of the album which uh -huh. for me kind of encapsulates the whole thing is and the therapies the road we've taken yes therapies learning from your past I like that I thought that was cleverly done for sure. And that was in the song All is Gray, which mm -hmm. I thought was another good one. That one really had a post-punk vibe. The guitar on that one I thought was a little bit different than some of the other songs. And uh, put me yeah. in that sweet spot, mid-80s. For sure. My line of the album was, I'm too old to feel this way and too young to die. <laughs> <laughs> Off of light above. I mean, that's yeah. really like where I feel like I'm at in my life. <laughs> <laughs> I have a lot of that going on because I went and helped at the comic shop yesterday. So I'm like really my my uh, quads are very sore today just from <laughs> bending and squatting. And I'm like, man, like I'm old. <laughs> yeah. 
yeah. Well, that's what All I mean. Right. I mine goes a little bit more in the direction of like I'm too old to feel this way. Like that Christina Marr, yeah, you know, mayor that I like. Like mm-hmm. I'm reading basically like poetry that I would be really into at you know early college too. It's mm-hmm. well written. I'm not saying that, but like you know, I'm 49 years old, been married for a long time, and I still gravitate towards that. I feel like I'm too old to you know really get into this, <laughs> but I'm too young to die. So let's just keep reading. <laughs> um, there was one one thing I wanted to mention. See if you guys noticed this or caught you know the same thing on the song "Tactile." Mm-hmm. Um, the piano does this really cool thing. It's just the way he's playing. It's kind of staccato, but it, it almost sounds like the piano itself is saying tactile, tactile, tactile. Cool. Did not notice that. And I, yeah, I just, I don't know. I was like, well, that's kind of cool. And it's real haunting. It makes that makes it like sound real haunting. It's just a really cool. I don't even know if it's intentional or if it's just, I'm weird or whatever, <laughs> but <laughs> No, it, and I, I said that it gave me the feeling um, of fear of the unknown, which what you're saying is, Lee, if that's the message, I don't know what it is, but for me it was, then the music led me to that. So yeah. it's exactly it. Yeah. I think it's both intentional and you are weird, Jeremy. Thank you. I'll take <laughs> well, that. I'd agree. I'd agree I'll that. take it. I'll take it. Good enough. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, man. You know what we said? We're not going to do every song. We, we just went through almost every song. There's a few we didn't get. but Yeah. yeah. I, I'll say this, though. There there was no stinker on the album. And I never felt like, yeah. oh, this is your middle filler. Never had that. So right. I think the, that yeah, was, yeah, I agree. There was, some, there was a couple I didn't really have much to say, but it wasn't because I didn't like them. It was just because... Like there's, you know, there's a couple that are like, oh, this is like a pretty old school, like goth rocker song, you know, like, and yeah. there's a couple of them like that, where it's just like, I, I didn't really feel like I needed to say much more about it. Like, I, you know, I, I was digging it and, you know, that's about it. <laughs> Same. Yeah. All right. And I think Jeremy uh, mentioned it was, well, I can't remember which one of you mentioned, but it was arranged really well in terms of mm-hmm. letting it flow mm-hmm. so I, ne- I never got bored because here's yet another piano intro you know it, they did a good job of switching it up yeah he they did a good job of i think uh the track listing is dynamic enough that it keeps your attention like you know they have like a kind of a balls to the wall is wrong but as far as as far as this sound goes, a balls to the wall rocker, and then kind of you know lullaby, and then you know, and the songs are really well, they're very well arranged in the fact that they kind of blend in one song blends into the next song, and they do a lot of you know, the ending of this song kind of trickles into the next song, and then you're off on the next adventure. Mm-hmm. So yeah, it's very very well arranged, and uh, the track listing works. Yes, totally agree. I think you felt like you were on a journey. Yeah, a little bit. <laughs> All right, it's that time, Mister T Bags, for you to uh, rate the album. Final word, and will you listen again? Um, well, definitely listen again. I keep wavering between like 
3.75 and 4. Because like Jeremy said, there's no stinker or like you said there's no stinkers and there's no there's no like there's nothing bad on this at all. So yeah, I mean I'm just going to have to give it that like that's it's in that range 3.75 and 4 and listening again is an absolute yes. Good good. Mr. Mundy. Uh I'm pretty much exactly in that same position. I Three seven five four. I mean, it's only a five point scale that we use, so you know, it, I very rarely do I get to a four and a half or a five. So, I three seven five to four, somewhere in that range, depending on the day, probably where I would land. I will definitely be listening to this again, and I will probably. I've not really listened to the Awakening that much, so I'll probably go back and listen to some older stuff too, and. You know, see what it's all about. I love Ashton's voice. Is I don't know, man. There's just something really, really soothing about it. Uh-huh. And I, I, I hate him so much because he talks that way too. <laughs> so, and yeah, I mean, he was wonderful when we had him on the show. He's a super nice guy, and he just he talks that way. And I'm like, God, you, how can you have that voice just all the time? <laughs> Yep. So, but yeah, I will definitely listen to this some more and uh, probably go back and listen to some more. Yeah, it was kind of intimidating, wasn't it? Yeah, yes. Yeah, I got yeah. this terrible nasally voice, he and then seems, there's Mr. Cool over there. He also, he also, the way he carries himself and the way he speaks, and you know, he's from South Africa, so that's already something. Right. And it's just like, like, man, I feel like such a moron sitting here. I really like that song, and it was cool. <laughs> I can't even. I, I can't remember that a, time. Yeah, <laughs> I can't even give a name at a restaurant. I mumble so bad, and then so like, they're like, "What's your order for it?" I'm like, "Tony," and they're like, "Toby, your order's ready." <laughs> I'll take it. So, yeah, I, I, I get Jamie a lot. <laughs> Do you? Okay. Jamie, no. <laughs> Uh, we all suck. Yeah. Good thing we're doing a podcast <laughs> that relies on us speaking. All right. Uh, Stevie, I'm going to tell you, ready? Jeremy, when you get off this tonight, go listen to The Dark Romantics. Okay. It is so good. It is like, not just for their band, but it is a overall just amazing song that everybody should know. It is uh, amazing. So Cool. Dig that one. I'm going to go with a four out of five. Uh-huh. And I uh, loved it. I thought had a lot of variation, um, a lot of heavy, a lot of light. But what I love about Ashton is his writing. And, uh, you know, Waiting for a Voice is when we had him on, and I bought that book of poetry that he had and some writings. He is, and you said it, Jeremy, very intentional. There's nothing here that is happenstance. He just has a gift with words. He is a poet. And reading, like, when you listen to the songs just like I was working today and uh, cleaning or whatever. And I was listening and it's one thing, but when you sit down and you read it, it's the poetry of it. And that's what I love about Ashton's work. So four out of five, I will definitely listen again. There are some I listen to more than others, but like Tony lullaby is absolute gold. That would make a playlist any day of the week. Yep. I got something to add on top of what you said there. You're you're talking about his writing and all of that and his, you know, poetic writing. I, as a teenage boy, uh, I felt, you know, I was into everything 
super dark and moody and oh i'm you know <laughs> tortured teen and what i thought i was a poet and i was i have so much bad poetry in the other room just waiting for someone to see and make fun of <laughs> but i i was a huge edgar Allan poe fan and still am mm-hmm. i mean honestly yeah. you know uh and so I mean, this definitely scratches that itch. It, it, the voice, the writing, all of it, the music, it works so well for that. I I think, uh, and speaking of Robert Frost, we talk about two paths diverging. Mm-hmm. Um, he, I, I, I went this way and became Metalhead Monday. I very probably was not a, a stretch for me to go this way and become some kind of super goth dude but mm-hmm. i mean it's a, it's all in there you know it's all in there and i love it but yeah and while we're talking about ed ground poe one more recommendation watch the pale blue eye on netflix it's on it's my fantastic. list it's fantastic okay. i loved it awesome yeah. whoa yeah you can read <laughs> you guys again i you keep this have, desk so this desk is way too small this is like a kid's desk so i yeah. keep hitting my knees on it but I think your uh, your other path is makeup Monday. You could have been like eyeliner makeup. and you know, yeah, yeah, uh, yeah, yeah. I mean, you know, it all comes with the goth stuff. So yeah, exactly. Next a little show, bit right? of guy liner, a little bit of guy liner. <laughs> yep, mm. goes a long way. Fantastic, awesome guys, that was fun. Uh, next week, we're not sure exactly what we're doing yet, but we will post that middle of the week so everybody knows what's going on. If anybody wants to find you, T-Bags, where may they find you? Uh, on the Wanderings and Wool Gathering Facebook page. Okay. Any place else? Um, I mean, if you want to come to my house, but I'm not giving the address. <laughs> so if you find <laughs> I'll me, I'll there. look for you. Other than that, yeah. <laughs> I'll be there in 10 minutes. <laughs> okay, sounds good. Uh, Metalhead Monday, where can we find you? Uh, you can find me uh, cleaning up the streets of Kokomo on a daily basis. But other than that, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Uh, I, I like that. It's kind of vague. You don't know if I'm a vigilante or a street sweeper <laughs> or what I'm doing. But uh, cleaning up the city. <laughs> so if you can't find me there, just find me on Instagram at Metalhead Monday. I'm Foggy's pal. Find me there. There you have it. <laughs> right. So anyway... Next week, we're going to talk about music. That's all we know, right? Fair enough. That's all we know. Sounds good to me. All right, everybody. Until next Sunday night at 7 o'clock, we'll see you then. Bye now. Bye.